0: And now, another cup of... The London Fog.
1: Welcome back to another episode,
0: guys. We're back. You thought we weren't going to be because our last episode was so late. I know.
1: Whoops. (laughs) But we really are. It was my birthday and I forgot to post it and then I worked a lot this week and... It's okay, you guys it's never us. worked out. <laughs> yeah, womp womp. That's Leah, <laughs> and I'm Kate. Yes, I thought you would introduce oh. me, but you didn't. You I, just well, at I didn't me. know what you were doing. <laughs> I thought
0: you were being like, "That's Leah. It's her fault or something." That's I, I don't know. no, I was just ready to go on to the next part.
1: <laughs> yeah, but birthday celebrations this week were bomb. Yes, good. T'were wonderful. Went to the pass and provisions. Here in Houston? Yeah. It was fancy and hoity-toity. They have like a secret room. Hmm. I feel like anything that has like a secret space, they're automatically, they're always like, $50 to your bill, you know? Because it's luxury or hidden or something. But it was bomb. Ate much. Had a good time. Got a lot of phone calls from my fam. That's good. All the foggies rode in. That's a lie. No one knew it was my birthday. <laughs> but
0: speaking of, you guys should write in. Yeah,
1: yeah we miss we you. We haven't gotten emails in a while, and we we want them. So London Podcast at Gmail com. Yes. Plug. <laughs> anyway, um, so life. I, Getting there? Are we just jumping straight I don't into know it? We we're
0: just jumping straight in. I'm trying to think if there's anything. That has happened. We always in the jump last Right week.
1: into it. Um, things that have happened this last week. it was my birthday. Well, I was thinking uh. like <laughs> Oh, you mean like British things yeah. that have happened? <laughs> oh, I see. Um, yeah, I can't I broke the Instagram yesterday. Oh yes, Kate did that. Mm-hmm. Not like Kim Kardashian with like a huge like Oily booty, but like I just somehow managed to get rid of our Instagram handle picture and had no idea how I did it. Number one, I was trying to take pictures to go on our stories and managed to just change it. I, at least it wasn't like me up my nose and not knowing how to then take it off. Yeah, at least it was a real picture. <laughs> twas, twas a good picture. <laughs> but i went to um okay plug here there's one more week left of the tutor to windsor um bit of exhibit over at the museum of fine arts in houston yes and it is amazing it's so good
0: it ends january 27th
1: yes so next sunday um yeah it's incredible they have some of these like Portraits all the way from it starts with King Henry the third uh, the eighth sorry um and all the way till our current royal family so I'm actually gonna go back I would definitely give yourself some time because I feel like no you weren't with me the last time I went to the museum but sometimes it's kind of hit and miss with the exhibits sometimes I yeah. feel like they're real small and others they're huge yeah. and this one's huge it's four good sized rooms mm-hmm. um and so I went through with the bow. Maybe I should just give him a name one of these days. Henry. Henry. No, I don't know. <laughs> just because name His name is David. Name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but Henry is also good. <laughs> um, but we I met... thought
0: we were trying to come up with a code name. know, know oh code but name.
1: David. His name is not David. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh okay. my gosh, we should oh, that would be good though. Well it's we should... too late now. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Somebody write in with a code name. <laughs> um, it took us an hour just to go through a room and a half, because mm. there's just so many really great portraits and exhibits, and it was just really entertaining for my brain to sit there and kind of go around the, the things that we've talked about. So if you have a chance, totally go. All right. Um. Other than that. Other than
0: that, that's the only
1: then I feel like that gives us a moment. Have you been watching anything exciting? Uh, it doesn't even have to
0: be applied you know, to
1: British stuff. Well,
0: speaking of British, which I don't even think this is British, but have you... Well, I guess it is British. Have you watched the TV show Cuckoo? No. So it's on... Um, it's on Netflix here. Okay. It was... It's a BBC sh- sitcom. Okay. And... It's quite crazy. So it's like a British family, and oh, who's the mother? Let me just look
1: this up, because she is, uh... Um, we need a Steven. She, I've been going back and re-listening to some of our favorite, the My Favorite Murder oh, ladies. Oh, yeah,
0: it's so nice to be able to, like, just <gasps> and, yell at someone. Yeah, exactly, and they're like, Stephen, go back and look this up! <laughs> so, oh, so the woman who plays the mother is the same actress who played uh ross's british wife emily oh Friends.
1: okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah,
0: and um so anyway so it's it's a british sitcom and basically it's like a family a mother a father a son and a daughter and their daughter does a gap year like british people do yeah. in between starting college or whatever and she goes to thailand and she meets this guy named cuckoo <laughs> Who is played by Andy Samberg.
1: Oh my gosh, Um, I'm so into it. Who
0: is like this weird... I'm only a few episodes in, but he's like this weird, hippie, (laughs) druggy guy. And so she brings him back. She marries him and brings him back to live with her parents.
1: During... Just during the gap year? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Anyway,
0: it's pretty funny. I'm, I'm only a few episodes in, so I don't know, you know, where it's going, but... uh, Yeah, I feel like you should definitely...
1: Okay, I'll check it out. Check it out. As of recently, I don't know, nothing has really been, like, speaking to me, so I've just been watching documentaries. Specifically, like, anything BBC made. Because I have found I don't trust a documentary unless it's a British person talking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like David Attenborough. Or it has
1: to be David Attenborough. Like, um, because... I only trust his voice. It's like when it's some, like, white American you know, woman. Even Morgan Freeman nope. I just don't trust as much. I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> I know he's like the I, go-to American voiceover. Right. But. but I kind of go, like, I, I will believe anything that David Attenborough says. Anything. Yeah, me too. If he'd be like, McDonald's is the best tasting food on the planet. I would be, like, lining up outside a McDonald's. Just because David told yeah, me so. Yeah, no, it's
0: true. He's very believable. Everything he
1: says. But anybody else says shit, and I kind of go like, um, that's not. Let real. me check
0: the facts. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I'll what ch- research. Did you? I'll do? look this
1: up. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. So, just been getting my my um my documentaries under under belt, but I realized, yeah, I realized that fact. Don't trust. People that aren't British telling me facts. Mm. It's skeptical. It's a lie. I uh, the made B- it up. The BBC does a lot of documentaries. <gasps> Maybe that's what people think of this podcast. They don't trust us because we're not British? Maybe we need to have a fake accent. Um... I don't think... I don't think I've ever heard you try to do a fake that, accent.
0: Uh, why would I do that? <laughs> I know that I can't. I just... It just seems silly to do that. It
1: just so. seems silly. Um... So, although
0: <laughs> to, as a segue into our topic today, yes. there is a so BBC4 had a uh little it was like I think it was like three episode like documentary um it's called A Very British Romance with Lucy Worsley. Oh. And she t- basically she talks about like Romantic love in Britain and how it's changed over the ages. Like, she starts talking about, like, courtly romantic love and, like, oh, like, after World War I, things became racier and,
1: I don't know, she just kind of, like, goes oh. through
0: romance.
1: Interesting. Because yeah. I'm kind of been curious to know, like, we think of, like, chivalry and I see, like, a gleaming knight in his armor kind of a thing, you know, and the damsel in distress kind of thing. But that's like way old Britain. That's Britain way right old. now It's more but open. Are we than... thinking like Anglo Saxon?
0: Like Britain. But well, that's where she starts. And okay. then she goes to current times. Okay. Cool, yeah. Cool. So it's just kind of like a history of like, oh, this Love. is how we started and then this is divorce rates now. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's just And this is what Britain looks like now. Yeah. yeah. So Love I don't know. Britain. It's interesting. So so yeah guys, we're talking about romance today. Romance
1: and love stories or I don't know, Mine's mine, more of a scandal. <laughs> I was kind of realizing like those two go hand in hand. Yeah. I feel like in British like good, any good story like yeah. It, they don't really get written down when it's just a really good lovey-dovey couple. But mm-hmm. I'm bound to find more, but mine is also kind of I mean it's a love story one-sided, I would say.
0: Mine's two-sided. Sort of, sort of three sides. <laughs> anyway,
1: there's a love triangle. in this. Spoiler alert. Okay, who's going first? Um, I think you are. I don't remember. Last time we. Okay, talked this is about... how we decide
0: who's is going to be more depressing to end on.
1: Or like, is it a I don't good, know what you're it, talking about. A good end,
0: you know what I mean? Like, who has you, the better do, ending? Yeah, like, do you feel like I feel like mine has a pretty good end? Do you feel like yours has a good end?
1: Uh no, mine like kind of just like ends. So okay, if so then a,
0: you should go first. Okay, because then I'll maybe conclude. next time we
1: should talk about this off the off the the recording. <laughs> I would cut it out, but you know the people deserve to hear how we really. And make, we don't
0: like to edit. No,
1: the <laughs> editing process really sucks, <laughs> and you see how much how. Much I don't edit, and yet I think this one up three days late? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, then I shall begin. I am talking about King Charles II of England mm-hmm. and Catherine of Barganza.
0: I didn't know Charles II had any lovers.
1: Oh, many. Hmm. Okay. So. Let's just give a little, the people a little backstory. Charles II, he was born May 29th of 1630 and was uh, king of England, Scotland, and Ireland. He was king of Scotland, made king of Scotland at the age of 19 in 1649. Uh, but he was, this was right during the time of the English, I'm going to say this wrong, inter internium, intern. I have no? no idea what you're saying. Interregnum. Interregnum. Okay. I Yes. That one. What is that? <laughs> well, after... Okay, so his father was Charles I, mm-hmm. who was uh, the worst. What, what year are
0: we talking about?
1: They executed uh, him in 1649. Okay. So the year that... Uh, Charles II, his son, becomes king of Scotland. He is not king of England. This is the nine-year period, the interregnum. Mm -hmm. People are going to be like, that's not how you say that, but that's okay. Write me about it. Write the email. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Where Oliver Cromwell Ah, and the Puritans kind of take over everything and make everything super Republican and super boring Mm because they out loud everything. And pretty much like sneezing without saying God bless you was a crime that you could get like hung for. Mm. So Charles II tries to go to war uh, against Oliver Cromwell, loses, and uh, ends up fleeing to France, where he lives just on the continent forever until forever <laughs> forever for those nine years until um, Cromwell is killed. And the government, this didn't really work. They don't know what to do. So they end up calling over to Charles and saying, just kidding, we want a monarchy again. Um, so Charles II comes back to take his throne in England. Um, and his coronation was April 23rd of 1661. He made his... He came back probably about a year before that on his 30th birthday. And London was so excited to see him. They said that they threw rice at him into the streets. Mm. That they screamed his name because everybody was so tired. It was pretty much living in like a dictatorship prohibition. You know, for those nine years, nothing, everything was wrong, outlawed. There was no theater, there was no color in clothing. Everything was super bland and boring. So Charles comes back and he, Charles II comes back and he looks like the savior because they're hoping everything kind of goes back to how things were, except for Charles I was the worst. So they're hoping it's better. <laughs> um, so he's 30. At the time that he comes back in, when he was supposed to gain the throne nine years earlier, he had already been um, betrothed or there had already been treaty agreements for him to marry Catherine of Braganza, who is um, actually a princess of modern-day Portugal. Hmm. Um, he kind of contacts back Portugal and says, let's do this thing. Yes, I want... To marry her, really, from the standpoint of he got quite a bit from marrying her. She had a lot to offer. He got Tangier, which is right at North Africa, where um, that's where we're kind of on that corner of like Morocco, where the Battle of Trafalgar happened. So it's a great port Mm -hmm. in and out. He got the seven islands of Bombay in India, privileges to trading with Brazil in the East Indies, uh, also made it so that there could be a Protestant religion in Portugal, and two million Portuguese crowns, which about was about um, 300,000 pounds at that time. Wow. So she came with a huge dowry, and vice versa, what Portugal was getting was they were getting the British military and naval support um, because they were trying to fight Spain at that time and get their own independence. Um, So big thing is, is at this time, Catherine is Catholic, and obviously Charles is Protestant, and he is reopening and reestablishing the Church of England. Mm -hmm. And the Protestant faith is no longer being squished upon, so... They get married on, let's see, what date was that? They get married on September 30th, 1662. They have a private, oh, I'm sorry. They got married on, why am I so confused? No, that is the right date. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a couple of like when he arrived and when he, whatever. Um... They had a Catholic ceremony first in secret, Mm. and then they were followed by a public Anglican service. So everybody knew that she's Catholic. It wasn't a big surprise. But because that they had had such a problem with Cromwell, um, people, and they've been batting around how much they hate having the two religions they hated her from the get-go even though she was pretty i mean she was cute she wasn't really a stunner by any means but (laughs) but she definitely wasn't ugly you know she was just kind of a sweet woman um she had grown up after the nine years had kind of gone by and she wasn't sent over to england to start to get acquainted she had joined a convent she wasn't becoming um a nun or anything but she just was living there so they said that she was very sweet and charming very quiet and um pleased with very simple things which everybody was all like that's sweet but i guess other people didn't like her (laughs) um now charles ii's mom henrietta maria loved her she said that She is the best creature in the world from whom I have so much affection. I have the joy to see the king love her extremely. She is a saint. So everybody really liked her. Um, And at the time that they got married, she was 23. He was 30. Things were pretty. Oh, yeah, those
0: are like normal people ages. Yeah, now.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mind you, it's because nine years before they would have gotten married and, well, not married just yet because she'd only been 10 yeah. <laughs> at that time. Um, so, <laughs> not really gonna be that. Um, so, she kind of shows up and she's still a young woman. This is her first time out of her country. And definitely a lot of nerves, I could only imagine. Um, Especially, she meets Charles and thinks that he's wonderful and he is exceptionally kind to her. Um, But it only took just a few weeks before she got associated with society to find out that Charles has loads of mistresses. And... She is aware that now from marrying him that she will always be the brunt of a decent amount of humiliation.
0: Mm. Feel like, had she ever
1: met a king before, she would have expected the mistresses. (laughs) they just come. Well, I think everybody else has been maybe a little bit more hush-hush or more of, you know, this is on the side, but... King Charles II. It was a very public knowledge, and the thing is, is I think they came from that Puritan society that people are like, "This is great, you know, I can have a lover too on the side, and everything's yeah. just fine." <laughs> the king does it. Um, so yes, they uh, start out life pretty well together, but through um, a decent amount of time, she starts to learn English. When she showed up, she knew no English; mm-hmm. only spoke Portuguese. Um, and didn't really understand any of the customs, but she brought some of her own customs along with her. And something that we have to say thank you so much to Catherine for is the fact that she is... I I don't want to point it 100% on her, but I'm definitely going to say 90% of this woman is the reason why Britain drinks tea today.
0: Hmm.
1: Because it was something that was in, um in spain and in portugal and it was only something that upper society and royals drank and so she brought it with her and so it became kind of the custom within her court that they would start drinking tea and then she kind of taught and told the trade of how tea comes about and that's how it slowly began to grow so they weren't tea drinkers until this time
0: Oh, so so she did something amazing for the world. Right?
1: And now, like, those things are, like, so married, I can't think about. I mean, that's why our podcast is The London Fog, a tea drink. I mean, they just go hand in hand, British culture. Stay calm and drink tea. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Catherine started to become a little bit more um, relaxed in her surroundings, though not in love with the fact that Charles had many mistresses um two of them to name by name one was Barbara Palmer who was a the Duchess of Cleveland um she was loved so much by Charles that she was referred to as the uncrowned queen and had had five um children by him they all this was during a time that they didn't really shun them. They weren't labeled as a bastard. Yes, they were illegitimate, but il- even illegitimate, they would like, like make their illegitimate kid in, yeah, a or duke.
0: Whatever, yeah a
1: duke. And so, like most of her children um, became countesses and dukes. I think all of them um, became something. Mind you, they all have the last name of Fitzroy to mm-hmm. label them. The other one that we can say thanks for the phrase, whoa, Nellie, was Nell Gwynn. She was a, uh, an actress, one of the first um, actresses on the English stage. And she is known for being also one of Charles's mistresses. After the restoration of uh, the monarchy onto the throne, one of the first things Charles did was two things. Let alcohol be back on the streets. Of course, very important. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, reopened the theaters, which people really missed because it was such a big thing. It's really not that big of a jump between Elizabeth and who totally honed so much into that. I mean, we get Shakespeare out of that time period and a lot of great early um, plays and musicians. And then everything kind of crumbles. I mean, James did okay. Really, everything went down the shithole with Charles the first
0: but yeah
1: um so people are super excited to have those things reopened um and this was the first time now that women were allowed on the stage and she was supposed to be a stunner um she uh had three children two children by um the king and I think so between them they had Five, just those two. Yet he had twelve illegitimate children. Well, poor Catherine had none. She clearly must have had some kind of problem issue. I, mean, I hate labeling it a problem. What's the what's you the just correct say she term? She had
0: infertility. She had <laughs> infertility
1: issue. Um. So she uh, never produced any children. So. This is where, dare I say, I kind of think the love story comes into being. Because through all of this, and as we have seen, with now great-grandfather, you know, great-great-grandfather, King Henry VIII, being like, well, you can't give me any kids? Then you're going to be uh, divorced, at least. Um, <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> um, and But Charles never did. He, even though they had this very odd relationship where clearly he had other mistresses and other women, he cared for Catherine. Um, She was quiet and sweet and definitely this virtue. And he always looked upon her as the better half of himself, which I thought was really kind of sweet. Every time she did get pregnant three times and she miscarried each time. Um, so much to the fact that after the last time, uh, she kind of hallucinated that she had given birth and the child was healthy and Charles, it's written down in a diary that says that he comforted her by telling her that indeed that she had given him two sons and a daughter and that they were just fine. Um, it wasn't until she got better that she, she realized herself that she had miscarried, but, um... They had just a really close bond with that, but all of his royal advisors really urged him to divorce so that he could create his own line and hoping that she would also be Protestant. Um, but Charles always refused, said, you know, this isn't her fault, which I think at that time was like mind blowing. Yeah. Also the fact that, well, I guess maybe he's also sexually satisfied in other places, but um it never seemed like a big deal to him that his cousin would inherit the throne. He didn't really care that he didn't have a son to put on the throne. Um, so he dismissed the idea of ever divorcing her. And for that, she, I think Catherine definitely loved him immensely because of that. Um, I mean, that shouldn't be the reason why somebody gets divorced. <gasps> But um, I think the the other instance came um, years later during 1673. This is right during the Popish Plot, and the Popish Plot had been strung out uh, for years, um, kind of starting back from when Charles got on the throne back in 1660, and going up until 1678. Was something started by Titus Oates, and it was a conspiracy saying that the Protestants or that I'm sorry that the Catholics were making a conspiracy to assassinate Charles II. Mm -hmm. Uh, So during this time, you know, it'd been going on for years, and it kind of hadn't gone too crazy, but all of a sudden, in 1678, it went into a hysteria. Twenty-two men were executed during this time, thinking that they were linked to killing um, Charles II. And then, all it took was one person to say the name Catherine, and she freaking got through it, thrown into it. So she gets called up, saying that you're you're here from Portugal to kill King. Charles II, your husband, um, so that the Catholics can regain the crown. And she's no, no, no. And um, it definitely was a high, threatening position at that time. Uh, people wanted her in courts. She definitely had much slander on her name uh, through all of London and throughout England. And they, uh, the government, the House of Lords... Um, Came to Charles and said we have to impeach her and we're going to probably put her in front of a court and that is where he took his stand and said no that won't happen I know she's not here to kill me this is bullshit and wrote down a decree saying that you cannot take under anything with this plot if you find something else if she's having infidelity or whatever <laughs> no he's having infidelity yeah i know he's like she can't but she he can he can but if she if you can find anything else but because she had freaking grown up in a convent i mean this girl was like clean slate there was nothing against her um so they couldn't find anything against her to take her to court they really wanted her gone she can't have any children (laughs) and she is a catholic herself but they failed and because of this and the fact that charles pretty much saved her because once again it could have been really easy for him to be like oh yeah i think my wife is trying to kill me and the all the government and probably the country would have been behind him and he could have gotten a new wife and probably produced an heir but he said no and because of that, Catherine wrote of Charles that his wonderful kindness to her would always be in her art, uh, in her heart, and that um, he visited, he came to visit her in her apartments more and longer and more frequently. <laughs> um,
0: Before that, he was more focused on his mistress. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so they certainly had. Um, an interesting relationship. Have you ever seen that movie, The Duchess, with Kira Knightley? No. It's interesting because I feel like it's almost kind of the same story-ish. It's this guy finds this woman, says, I really want her. They're fine for about a year. And then another woman walks in and he's all like, I want her. And it ends up being kind of her best friend. And then they end up just living a life together, sharing the same man. It's weird. And that's pretty much what happened to Catherine. Because I mean, don't get me wrong; he was wonderful to her, but also did terrible things. Like Barbara Palmer, one of his mistresses, forced her to make her her lady's oh, maid of yeah. of the chamber, meaning that she could go anywhere, mm-hmm. including his room. Um, and the world knew, and he had already told everybody in England that that's his mistress, and so she was forced to make that her like lady number one she got in such a fight that she took the the yacht (laughs) back to Portugal to visit um for a while before coming back because she's all like I can't just let her move in and let you insult me in front of everything so I mean she definitely had like a level of pride but she like they found a way to make it work in this weird circumstance I mean working as it would in the mid 1600s (laughs) i don't think women really had that choice to be like "Mm, hell no you're not doing this especially to a king um so yeah interesting relationship charles ends up dying she stays in england um for a while longer kind of as an advisor um and to james ii she then uh after a while, goes back to Portugal in 1692 uh, to mentor her nephew, Prince John, um, because her her mother had recently died and stayed there. Um, Helps like the young prince with his bout of depression until finally she died. And then it's all like, and then the prince went back into depression. I was <laughs> all like, oh my gosh. So, um, so, really, I feel like this is the more love story of Catherine of Portugal more than it is, like, a couple's love story. Because yeah. she really loved him. Even, even with all of the shit, she loved him. And the thing is, is so did he. Is
0: part of that, because she was raised in a convent, she'd never met other men. I mean, she probably. Didn't she didn't what a like,
1: relationship should be. Right. Yeah. You know, like, and because of that, and the fact that, I mean... From practically infancy, like, this was in the cards that this is who she was going to be with. I mean, it was never, like, she met anybody else. So, yeah. There you go. Catherine of Portugal and King Charles II of England. That's my, my weird love story for you.
0: Oh, mine's weird. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so I'm not sure how much history to give of this, but I'll give a little bit and then get into the story. Okay. But... So, I'm talking about Henry II of England. Oh my gosh! Okay, keep going. So, he. <laughs> I love him! <laughs> so, he was back in the 1100s. Mm-hmm. Uh, his grandpa was William the Conqueror. So, he, you know, it's way back
1: there. We're it's talking w- the
0: way beginning. Way back in the day.
1: The beginning of. Okay, do I have this right? Is this the one that marries Catherine of Aragon? No. Oh maybe no Eleanor of Aquitaine oh Eleanor of Aquitaine yeah that's I know I mean. you're just mixing them up yeah because yeah, their wrong. names are
0: the same but that's actually not the romance that I'm going to talk about but I was going to mention it a little oh bit. my gosh you have to <laughs> so Henry uh he well let's just talk about him a little bit so he was born in France um he so he spent a lot of time in France when he was young because that's his his mother spent a lot of time there because her grandparents were there. It was a whole thing, um, and he was said to be very good looking, mm-hmm. um, with red hair and a large head. Is okay. This is what's weird. This is what I think is. <laughs> Those funny. are two things so, that now in culture so people is would be the like. Mm. Description is good looking, red hair, freckled, with a large head, a short stocky body, and bow legged from riding so much.
1: Oh, my god! So, to me... He sounds like a red-headed Humpty Dumpty. Right? Like, <laughs>
0: that does not sound attractive. But people wrote about how good-looking he was, so I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. And he also was known for dressing very scruffily.
1: Ooh. So, so he, he was a rugged, the rugged, good-looking type. Yeah, you know, five o'clock shadow yeah, always. Yeah,
0: like, too rugged, I think. And the... I don't know. So this is what where I'm like, why was anybody ever interested in him? So, he so his father was known for like being very charming, whatever. He was known for having a lot of energy, but also for being a bully with bursts of temper. He mm-hmm. spoke many, many languages, but he refused to actually speak like he he understood many languages. He refused to actually speak anything besides Latin or French. Sometimes when he got mad, he refused to speak at all. <laughs> Um,
1: and, I love
0: him. I'm, yeah, it's so good. So he was super into war and hunting, mm-hmm. um, and he was very, very into um, it, taking back territories. So it's kind of like, so I don't know the whole history. He was definitely but a conqueror. Like when his when his grandfather came, when William the Conqueror came in, mm-hmm. he conquered a lot. When his father became king, his father lost a lot mm-hmm. of that land, and so. Henry II felt like, I need to get back all the land that my grandfather conquered and then some. So that was like his main goal in life, basically. So part of how he establishes that goal is he marries Eleanor of Aquitaine. So Eleanor, she was Duchess of Aquitaine, so she was the most eligible bride in Europe. Mm -hmm. and although not at the time when henry married her she was the most eligible bride in europe when she married king louis Mm -hmm. the seventh i think of france i Um, I don't
1: remember the number
0: yeah i I think so so because what happened was her father died and king louis the sixth was her became her guardian and so she married his son.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, let's just like point out what made her so valuable was the Aquitaine.
0: Yeah, so she was Duchess of Aquitaine. That so land. So she had all that land. Was huge. All that money, everything. So she, um, so she marries King Louis, and she they're married for fifteen years. Um, after fifteen years, so actually, she she wanted to get an annulment quite early in her marriage Mm. um but the pope rejected it but after 15 years when they had two daughters only then the king louis finally agreed to the annulment so he also didn't agree before and since Mm -hmm. he agreed that that made the pope agree so then their marriage was annulled um and so what happened was Their daughters were declared legitimate. Custody was given to Louis. And then, because it was annulled, Eleanor then goes back to, like, her original, what she was 15 years ago. So that means all her lands are restored to her. Any money she brought into the marriage are restored to her. So then she's suddenly... Well, so that's the thing. Is It's like, she's like kind of eligible but also kind of not right because she's 15 years older she hasn't produced any sons the only place she would go is england let's be honest nobody else is enticing like (laughs) so henry is like okay well all i care about is land yeah so whatever i'll marry eleanor so he marries eleanor they have a really weird relationship We're not going to get into that because that's not the story we're telling today. But they have a really weird relationship. That's fine.
1: If you guys want something to watch, which my family watches every Christmas, is um, A Lion in Winter. A
0: Christmas movie.
1: Well, it all <laughs> takes place like on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Oh, Day. okay.
0: I thought because I, just because we were talking about Eleanor Backer, I was like, why is she a Christmas? But it's like
1: way older <laughs> in their lives. But it's such a great play, and it's got Peter O'Toole and mm. Catherine Hepburn. Mm. So it's an old classic. It's so good. Check it out. Okay, continue.
0: So yeah, so they have a really weird relationship. Um, however, he does. They do end up with five sons and three daughters. Mm-hmm. So clearly. Well, I mean, everybody knows the guy determines the sex of the baby anyway. Right.
1: So We know that now.
0: <laughs> but, so clearly, I don't know if Louis regretted anything. But um, he, so they have a lot of children. Um, and their
1: children are famous. Yeah. I mean, that's where Richard the Lionheart, their son... Yeah. And, you know, Prince John, you're thinking. But that like, is
0: not the story we're I'm telling. sorry. I just no, want to, like, point that I, out. I know, but. They're such a cool we, couple. We have a lot of podcasting to do, okay. and we can talk about any of them at any time. We're just barely touching on Henry and Eleanor. Okay. So they are not the story. So even though they had, like, a pretty good relationship, he would trust her to govern. Um, Manage England for many years. Like he, he was just off hunting, being a bully.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> With his big head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, so while Eleanor's being awesome and governing everything, um, Henry is off having mistresses. So, Shocker. <laughs> I know, right? So, the mistress that we're talking about today is Rosamond Clifford. She's often referred to as Fair Rosamond or Rose of the World. She was famed for her beauty um and there's actually a lot of i mean like if you look at art from back in that time, mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of paintings of her because she was like so beautiful and she was like well known for being a mistress of the king, so like mm-hmm. artists who wanted the king to like them uh would go into it so rosamond um well there' i don't know it's very. It's hard to discuss her history. But basically, mm-hmm. she descended from some people who came over with William the Conqueror. So sure, her family was yeah. there for a while. Um, she grew up at Castle Clifford, which is near Shropshire. And she then went to a nunnery near Oxford to be uh, educated. Um, so the story of Rosamond and Henry is that... this is what's weird it's like a really weird myth but it's supposedly true but since it's in the 1100s we don't really know because you know how back in the day in england everybody had um like mazes in their gardens right
1: yeah
0: so eleanor hated that henry was having affairs like she hated it
1: so much and so it's like beyonce it's like Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce I mean she was the best thing out there yet he still did it
0: (laughs) so supposedly um what he did to get away with his affair with Rosamond is Henry had a very complicated maze built in his park that he had at his home in Oxfordshire, which is okay. near her nunnery that she was living at. And so he had this really complicated maze built, and he knew how to get to the middle, and mm-hmm. he would take Rosamund to the middle of the maze, and that's where they would have their affairs so that Eleanor couldn't find them. Ew, gross. <laughs> Isn't that like the weirdest? That's thing? weird. So there's a lot of, um, different stories about like what happened to Rosamond so um, she she so he I don't know why but at some point he admits that he's having an affair with her mm-hmm. and he keeps her at this home in Oxfordshire and Eleanor is you know yeah. off at their other castle and um, so she so rosamond is supposedly mother to a few illegitimate sons that he makes. Into archbishops Fitz and, and something. whatever, yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't actually get together until after Eleanor. So Eleanor, first of all, is eleven years older than Henry, and you know, and she was having, a, and she had eight kids. So the, I mean, they were together for a long time, but the, he didn't actually get together with Rosamond until she was ha- having the last child. Okay. So like, so supposedly that's why he was like, oh no, it's okay because. She can't do anything. She just had our eighth child. So, <laughs> eighth I'm going to do this. Um, Oy. But basically, nobody quite knows how Rosamund died. So, there are yes. many rumors. One is that. <laughs> I love this rumor. That Eleanor finally made it through the maze and found Rosamond in the middle. Which, also, there's a lot of, like, people have written a lot of, like, ballads and stuff about this, so you can hear some weird stories. But supposedly, Rosam- Eleanor makes it to the middle, and she has a dagger and poison. And she tells Rosamond, you can choose how you want to die. And I don't know what Rosamond decides. So that's one rumor, is her. that that's how she dies, is that... Eleanor finds her in the maze. The other rumor is that she is roasted between two fires, stabbed, and left to bleed to death in a bath of scalding water by the queen. Which I don't know where the queen finds her to do that. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, there's one where the queen drowns her. Um, there's one where the queen just gives her a cup of poison. Um there so basically though, what people say is that Rosamond spent so much time in like the home at Woods it's called Woodstock in Oxfordshire. Mm-hmm. And Henry was spending so much time, like, in the palace with Eleanor that actually they feel like between the 10 years that they were together, 1166 to 1176, there, there's one historian who says, even though she's so famous, Rosamond must be one of the most neglected concubines in history because yeah. Henry was never there with her. Right. So I don't know if Eleanor really would bother to kill her. Like, the the persistent rumor is poison, which I don't know if they could even prove that back then. She probably... Yeah. I mean, she did die young, so it was kind of weird that she
1: died. But she could have just it. she could have just died. I don't know. I don't like, know. I'm one thousand percent. Eleanor was a w- weird woman. I think. You think she?
0: Well, I. I okay. I guess like I power
1: said, hungry herself. Yeah. I mean, and because, and yeah. that's
0: that's the one thing that makes me believe that Eleanor did it is that is that Rosamund did have a son, and so mm-hmm. I feel like. She didn't want competition for her sons, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, three of her sons end up king, like, just yeah. later on the way things happen. So, I could see why she wouldn't want the competition. But, um, so when Rosamund dies, she is, so she dies, I guess, 13 years before the king dies. But the same day, the king dies the same day, July 6th, Oh, as interesting, Rosamund, which is kind of interesting. And so... He, Fate. <laughs> he, he pays for her to have a really nice tomb in, I don't know, Godst, Godstow Abbey. I don't know where that is. Um, oh, yeah. I guess that's where she had the nuns. Anyway, <laughs> that's where she was with the nuns. So she, he pays for a really fancy tomb there in the, um, like, right in the church, um, like, in the church choir, if you know what an old church mm-hmm. looks like. And then... Um, and then he leaves a bunch of money, like, endows money to the nuns to make sure that they care for the tomb forever. Mm. So it becomes a really popular shrine until um, 1191.
1: And at that point... Yeah, I feel like it was a big thing in the Crusades. Like, knights would be like, oh, a shrine a yeah, yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You would, like, go to her shrine. But in... Eleven ninety one. So Henry's been dead for two years. Um, the bishop of Lincoln, which I'm not sure, like who he is. Um, he was like made a bishop. Not important. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's kind of important oh. because I like he's he is like he was made a bishop by Henry. Okay. So I'm kind of wondering where his loyalties lie okay. because when he goes and notices that her tomb is there, yeah, he gets really pissed. And he's like, you need to remove her remains from this church because having, like, a concubine in the church like this is, like, is making, um, is, like, putting the Christian religion in contempt. And um, she needs to be buried outside so the other woman will be warned by her example and abstain from an illicit and adulterous intercourse. Oh. So, yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know at that point if he was, like, loyal to Eleanor, if she was the one yeah. who was, like, make this guy a bishop or what. Me. So, he makes move, makes her t- tomb moved outside. So, it's moved out to a cemetery near the, where the nuns are. And then um, it was... So, and then later when Henry VIII destroys all the monasteries. Yeah. It's destroyed. Um, but... One, there was a um, German traveler who visited England before that happened, and he wrote down her tombstone inscription. And her tombstone inscription said, um, which, so this is the one that, like, the guy who thought that she was, like, you know, evil and shouldn't be in the church made this tombstone for her. Oh, (laughs) no. It says, here in the tomb lies the rose of the world, not a pure rose. She who used to smell sweet still smells, but not sweet oh so that's what she was left with
1: in the end so sad
0: yeah so that's that's one of the affairs of henry ii that's
1: impressive Oi. wow that's a doozy that's such a sad tombstone i know that's why i was like i have a good ending <laughs> nailed it yeah mine was all like, and she sails back to portugal remembering the love of her I mean, that is a good ending, too, but not as... as Not as good as (laughs) Here Lies This Whore. Yeah. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Such interesting. Yeah, no, that couple had major issues. Yeah. But, yeah, if you get a chance to see that, that's so good. And then when I was in college, I studied humanities class, and there was, like, a whole section about Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine and how they just kind of changed the face Of what England is, just because he was in that mind rebuilding what William had conquered, and um, the fact that like sex didn't really seem to matter, like gender between them, because Eleanor wanted to be treated like a man and go into battle and all that. Well, I mean,
0: when she was married to Louis, she did, she led some of the crusades. Yeah. So,
1: So. very cool. (laughs) Um, so that's our romance. Yeah, not very romantic romances this week. I know, but, but you know, I liked them, though. I thought they were yeah. good.
0: And also, let's face it, when you're like, oh yeah, these two people fell in love, it's like, alright, well. Right? Well, that story wasn't interesting. <laughs> I feel like
1: maybe we should, like, instead of calling them romances, like, love
0: stories. Yeah. Because love stories. Because they are more love stories, but they're not, yeah, yeah like, romantic they don't have love. to be
1: the romance fully. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So maybe we'll just. Rename that segment. So thanks for listening to our love stories.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. Yep. Cheers. Cheers.